Hey everybody, Happy New Year and welcome to another episode of the Book More Show, the first for 2020. It's Stuart Bell here and today I'm talking with Betsy Vaughan. We're going to dive a little deeper into some of the basics, the steps that everyone should be doing to promote their book once it's complete. So interesting call, great way to start the year. So almost to recap, if anything, we often talk to people about these ideas but this morning Betsy had a call with someone who was looking for some advice but we'd actually run through a lot of these details already six months later though a number of them hadn't been implemented so a bit of a recap going deeper on a couple of the subjects and then towards the end of the show we're just wrapping up by looking at an interesting example of when to use additional material in your book can often be something that trips people up this idea that you need to include more and more and then that becomes a job of creating more and more which obviously slows the whole project down and causes delays unnecessarily but there are a couple of examples of where it really adds value so we dive a little deeper looking into those so another great episode great way to start off the year excited about the year ahead and working with you guys to get more books created more conversations started so dive in and i will catch you on the other side Betsy vaughan Stuart bell happy 2020 happy 2020 that sounds a little bit crazy it really does came a little too fast. I saw something today that said 2020, where 2050 and 1990, there's the same time <laughs> difference. But I mean, that's insane when you think about that. Like in 30 years, you know, uh, the, 2050. God, wow. The risk of getting anyone that's listening to kind of drive or jump off a cliff. That's uh, we were playing the game with the kids over the uh, over the Christmas break, kind of calculating back now to so it came about because we were watching uh, back to the future the original one mm. so playing the game of doing okay from when back to the future released to today going back to oh. when lucy and i were born back that many years and we were like hitting the second world war <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just not right yeah no yeah. it is it's kind of crazy so yeah anyway um, well hopefully yeah. Hopefully you're still listening and that hasn't kind of dispressed you too much. But right. take it as fair warning that the years go fast. So crack on and write a book. <laughs> crack on and write a book. Yeah. It's that, <laughs> that time, of time of year. Of where, where all the calls will come in. You know, everyone has put in their intentions and their it I, that's my new word. Instead of saying resolution, their intentions are mm. um yeah, for, for oh that, that January is very busy for us around here and um, lots of calls and I need to do a book and I'm going to do a book. And um, so the excitement is all stirring in January. So always looking it's, forward uh, to that. It's when you, we look back and uh, calls are scheduled with people and then look back and think, oh, you know, it wasn't so long ago that we spoke, surely, and look back and it, it actually was 12 months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, easily. Sometimes longer. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, um, talking of intentions, we had uh, this call was inspired by someone that you were talking to earlier today. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, change the names to protect the innocent or the guilty. Right. But, um, <laughs> we were talking about promoting the book after it's done. So a lot of the times when we're talking to people towards the end of the process or previous podcasts that we've been on, there are several things that we suggest, but it's surprising how often we'll talk to people again 
months after the original conversation and say, okay, what have you, what have you done or what are you doing? And a lot of the things that were suggested in the first place, or a lot of the things that people have heard about in the background aren't necessarily being done. So I think today let's talk about a couple of the really foundational and straightforward and simple things you can do to get your book out there and really kind of generate interest not really in the book itself because as we talk about a lot we're not too bothered about the the books themselves as things but what we are interested in is generating that interest and conversation around potentially doing business with people so i think we visit some of the basics give people some takeaway ideas obviously just turn the new year so there's a couple of time-based ideas and uh, and then see where we go from there sounds good that's a yeah i think basics are good and um as i was speaking to that gentleman you know i shared with you that i was bringing things up with him and he kept oh i've heard you talk about that oh you said that <laughs> oh but i'm not doing it <laughs> so um you know, and it's the same it across a, anything i was listening yeah. to a podcast as i was doing some work earlier on today podcast playing in the background talking about uh it was a CrossFit based podcast and they were talking there about programming and how people very often will talk to coaches and say, oh, I want to do something more. I want to do something extra. I want to do something new, but they're not knocking it out of the park with the basics. So the general mm-hmm. workout that most CrossFit classes are class-based, everyone does the same workout. It's kind of infinitely scalable. So you can kind of tailor it to your own to your own capability and, and efforts and how you're feeling on that day but still people will come up wanting to do more or it's kind of like the magic trick um idea of whatever the basics are aren't good enough people want oh yeah but what's the real secret and really the right. real secret is doing the basics and getting them done <laughs> so it's and that, it, that's, it so, that's so universally true I mean, you're, you're speaking about crossfit but that is across the board like you know start Start here, and then when you've mastered these, these this basics, then take that leap and do some more things. I think people always want that. Um, they want more. I don't know if glamorous is the word, but they want the basics aren't always good enough, you know, in their mind. Right. But in their mind, but you know, we have found the basics are um, more than enough. You know, it doesn't have to be all glitz and glam, and you know, out there. So. Um, yeah, so hopefully I think people that's, will uh, listen. It, yeah, exactly. And it's the other element of it is almost um, boredom or interest or this kind of needing to be constantly stimulated, which is true across the board in, in everything. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, too, if part of the secret going forward, the way of kind of tricking yourselves into keep pushing through those basic things and where the novelty or where the newness wears off is just being able to put systems in place so that a lot of these things are done in the background without you necessarily having to do more stuff doing things in a way that is scalable when we look at the podcast side of the business a lot of the steps to that process it's really just churning through the same steps having images and posting it on various different forums, pushing it to all of the podcast feed places, making sure that the text is in the right place at the right time. None of that is necessarily that interesting or or stimulating because it's new, but having the systems in place so that you just enter the text once and it pushes out to several locations. So you're not having to do the, the, the seven steps that need to be done you don't need to do those seven steps each time because that's quite a disincentive to continue but all of these right. things that we're talking about today, the basics as much as possible putting them in place so that they 
are done once and um it's almost the um if you can't do that then it's the who not how type approach of rather than working out and and deciding that you need to be the one that does all this find a service that can do it for you uh, to make sure that it is done because i think that's where people fall down a lot as well it's maybe we'll take the first couple of steps or do it the first couple of times but that having that consistency in place is where it gets um well a bit repetitive and boring sometimes but without that baseline of of activity so some of the things that we'll talk about in social uh, some of the social uh, platforms that we'll get to in a minute those are, are i mean that's the classic example i'm not really i very rarely post on social social sounds i'm just not that engaged in it but then having to do it for um for the podcast as an example if i was just left to my own if i had to trust myself to remember to go in and do it each week that would never happen so having systems that right. are in place or finding other people who can do it is the way to get past that kind of um internal resistance that comes in that makes um, resolutions and, and intentions fall by the wayside by the end of the month. Right, right. That's true. I should Finding also lay a disclaimer. <laughs> say again, sorry. No, no, go ahead. What, what's your I disclaimer? was just going to say, should also lay a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode that you can probably hear that my voice is a little bit croaky. So I'm going to try and power through and hope that my voice doesn't give out by the end of the episode, but hopefully oh. we'll, uh, we'll get through. I hope not. Hope not. And I'll lay a disclaimer that I have three dogs sitting behind me and they probably will bark at some point. So, <laughs> as usual. We're doing it live. So, right. the, uh, our New All Year's right. intention of making sure that we get the podcast done might sometimes mean that it's not the perfect. Uh, we're not waiting exactly. for the perfect scenario. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it, I mean, look, here we are on the 3rd of January and we're here. So, um, that's, that's a great start. Let's, you know. We'll just keep it keep it going for the for the first month and see how our intention plays out you know, into February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So let's talk about some um some ideas like let's even in general, like even if you don't have a book, some ideas of just, you know, marketing um the book or the business. In this case, this gentleman that I was speaking to, and I know we're gonna send this to him and he's gonna hear this and be like, I know she's talking about me, but um <laughs> That's okay. It's all love. And um, so, but that was one of the things that, you know, he, he was concerned with like more exposure with the book. And, you know, my question to him was, are you concerned about exposure for the book or are we concerned more about exposure for the business? You know, right. um, what's and the ultimate a, goal, you know? Exactly. And that's the best point, isn't it? We're talking about the book as the thing, as the example, but really what we're looking at doing is engaging. And that's the main thing. So whether it is a new video that you've done, the book that you're releasing, a conversation that you want to have with someone, it's getting it in front of people. So I wanted to start off by looking at some of the lowest hanging fruit, some of the assets that you've got out there already that are doing things today and just a little tweak can add in this extra element so not reinventing a new system a new process but just tweaking existing things to help promote the likelihood that you'll start a conversation with someone so the first and the most obvious and i still can't believe that so so few people do this but include the book on your website i'd say that 100 percent of everyone that's listening has a website for their product or service already Particularly, and again, we're going to talk about 
the book as the example for everything just to give some context but everyone's got a website already everyone who's listening to this either has a book or is thinking of about creating a book so once it's done including it as a great way of people starting a conversation is almost a no-brainer for the majority of the conversations that we're having with people it's put the book front and center on the home page so when you think about how traffic gets to the site there's a couple of ways one is that you're directing people there two is that people are going there for other reasons and three is that people are are organically going there having been directly there from a, a google search or link on someone else's site that kind of traffic that's coming past if you're directing people there then the thing to think about is how how are you directing people there and what the context is of that conversation so often people ask okay well the book website should i put the book on my website or should i have a website for the book and the answer is both because they're both doing different jobs if you're directing specific traffic to this place so people can request a copy of the book so a great example is like a google adwords ad if you had a book on it's january so everyone's talking about dieting so if you had a book on fasting and you were running google ads about getting a copy of the fasting book then the place that you would want to send there is to the book website because as much as possible you want to give people the opportunity to complete the thought that they've already had they've already clicked on the ad so that they want the copy of the book so the website its sole purpose is just for them to finish that thought you don't want to add any other distractions or additional information or make them question that decision so no more information don't want to send them to your website that's got a whole load of other stuff at this stage just want them to execute on that thought if then the other end of the spectrum people who are organically coming to the site because they're doing a search for a particular thing and they're finding the site in search results and then they're coming to the website then they're not necessarily coming specifically for the book they're coming for broader information but the book is the easiest way to get them to raise their hand opt in at a very low commitment way and then you can start the conversation with them afterwards so two points to the website one is where you're you have the book website and the intention there is to allow someone to finish a thought that they've already got you don't want to introduce any other information the second one is where people are coming for other reasons but the book then becomes a great way of them raising their hand and opting in and getting started in a conversation with you without the only other option being click here to um to arrange an appointment and come into the office that type of thing now this is different maybe for online services or something where the expectation is that they're going to execute there straight away so it is worth bearing in mind kind of think about that customer avatar what is the reason that people are going to be landing on this particular page but the majority of people as you're listening to this the people that we write with are product or service providers that are delivering something that isn't necessarily executed on the website. It's not like it's an online type service. Right, right, right. So yeah, I think a that's real... good. Um, just... oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, as really a real... because... <laughs> <laughs> we've never done this before, have we? No. Should we go for a third time? 
<laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> Literally, all I was going to say was I was just going to recap. So it's still a surprise that one of the basics and one of the easiest things to do is add the book to your site front and center so that it does give that passing traffic a way of raising a hand raising its hand and that's exactly what i was gonna say because people that's one of the questions we get asked all the time when the book is finished like should should i use a landing page or should i put on my website i mean that is you think that's pretty simple you know that it's a no-brainer you know let's let's do both you know so yeah got it (laughs) got it Okay, so the second one then is uh, super signatures. Now we've had this. I think we did an entire show on super signatures. Um, Episode sixty. Yes, we did. 60? Oh, yeah, it was. I'm guessing that you were talking on the phone about that before, rather than that you've memorized every episode. Well, actually, I was <laughs> exactly. So I was googling super signature, and um, it actually comes up in a Google search. Um, oh, right, so, okay. Yeah, there you go. yeah. <laughs> there we are. So. Super signature, then head back to episode 60 to dive in deeper. So I'll just briefly recap. This is your email, another asset that's going out every day, day in, day out anyway. And the super signature is an idea of including in the footer of the signature rather than just having your email address and telephone number or whatever disclaimer you need for your particular industry. Adding in there a note saying, here are two, three, four steps that we can help you with whenever you're ready so the intention here is not that this is going to directly relate to immediate business this isn't so much of a campaign based thing where you're actively trying to drive traffic with a certain outcome in mind this is more of the passive the this email this asset this thing is going out anyway so i might as well add a reference to the book in it and then if one person a year sees it and responds to it and starts a conversation and becomes a customer then it's worthwhile because there's no additional cost to add a super signature to your email address so a couple of examples for super signature here are three ways we can help you whenever you're ready would be head to the website and check out some more videos a kind of a zero commitment step that you can give people to to learn more if you know that the majority of your customers are receiving emails or their entry point to the conversation is on a particular subject rather than just generically directing people to the website for more information then specifically direct them to something that's very relevant for our emails on one of our super signature elements that one of our super signature points that will go out on this email as this podcast is released says head over to the website and check out the titles and outline workshops that we did. We know that that's a big question that comes up. So we're directing people specifically in that direction and whenever they're ready, they can find out more. Now we know from experience that people have been receiving the emails and have been on a podcast list for years. And at some point down the track, then suddenly the time is right for them. And that super signature element resonates with them. Mm-hmm. It's just that, that constant seeing it, you know, without right. like, I think we were talking about like my fiance specifically, we were doing a super signature for him last year and trying to get just enough information without it being, you know, too much and right. you know we, we pulled together three three things that you know um are beneficial to his business and it's just people seeing those every time scrolling down and something you know like you said it resonates like oh you know what i need a water assessment i think there's something wrong with the water here i remember that guy sent me that email and it was at the bottom you know and it just and you know what that's a perfect example 
You get that water yeah. treatment test, water quality test is a perfect, and we named it something specific, like the Tampa water quality test, just to tie it, because obviously mm-hmm. there's some geographic um, element right, to right. Mike's business. So we named it something specific. That water treatment test is a perfect example, because for three years, someone might receive that regular communication that's got useful, helpful, healthy homeowner information in there, week in, week out, month in, month out, that water treatment thing might not resonate with them until they've got a problem. And then knowing that either A, they'll remember that super signature option because of that familiarity, just as you're describing, or they'll receive an email in the next couple of days that's got the same super signature in there. If I've got a water issue today, then suddenly now is now. I think last week with Dean, um, I think it was in last week's show, I was talking about with someone last week, we were talking about this concept of it's either now or it's not now for someone. There's no other There's no other element to it. It's either now or not now. And the problem is you don't know when not now becomes now. It's so now. The, the, this consistency of the super signature aims to overcome that challenge. There's a certain amount of core, um, of, of 101 level, of, of beginner level, uh, entry level elements that you know customers are going to be interested in. And this consistent super signature is aimed at having that being there when now becomes now for someone um, because right, today isn't right. necessarily now or isn't now for everyone. Obviously, yeah, I've never probably, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and obviously the book is, is the perfect thing to stick into a super signature. Now yeah. just to add a bit of nuance there again, on the distribution list for this podcast, we know that everyone who's on the list is 99% of them have seen the copy of the 90 minute book. So we wouldn't necessarily put that. And in fact, I don't think we do put the book as a download for this particular super signature because we know that almost all of the audience has seen it already. But as we release another book down the track or the workshops or the thing that is useful for people who are receiving this, that would be worthwhile. Some of the other emails that go out for people who are less likely to have downloaded it already, that is a super signature element in there. Because again, knowing and understanding and taking an assessment of who the audience is that's going to receive it generally, we've changed which super signature elements are included in which. And just as we said at the start, the idea is to set these up so that you don't have to think about it every time. If on every email that you sent out, you had to think, okay, now I need to send out a super signature. What do I need to include in there? And manually add in those three or four elements every time. That's not going to work because you're going to do it once or twice when you're interested. Mm -hmm. But two months down the track, I can guarantee you're not going to be doing it anymore. So don't get too hung up on the details. Put something in there that is the best first effort that you can give yourself 15 minutes worth of time. Put something in there that's the best first effort there and then refine it later if you decide on a better idea or change it later if the intention or the direction changes. But the key is put it in there and, and have it set up in a way that's, that you can do it once and then not have to think about it again. But it's always there presenting to people when now becomes now for them. Right. That's, that's great. I, I like when I see people who, um, my, cause I now notice, you know, more super signatures more, you know, there was a time where I probably never paid attention to it, but I really pay attention to that now, particularly people who have, um, who didn't have a super signature before. Now I see them using, you know, they're super, they're super, they've got this great super signature and great information. And, um, I'm very aware of it, but 
the ones who put in the author, like that's kind of a big deal when you think about it, you know, like right. author of relationship for keeps or whatever, like, wow, that's kind of a, a big deal to have there, you know, whereas if nothing else about the businesses there, that's kind of a good thing to to have, you know, get, get a copy of my book here or, you know, here's a link to, to get my book or whatever. So, um, and it does add I'm, that element of kind of social credibility. The whole purpose of yeah. the whole reason that we created the book business is not because we wanted to create books as such. It was because books were the best way of identifying those invisible prospects and getting people to raise their hands because in part all of this additional kind of social or psychological benefits and uh, and bonus points that go along with having a book created so being able to refer to that and that i guess carries on to the social profiles element that we were talking about yeah your linkedin profile your facebook page your twitter profile all of these things which are out there already the about pages on websites the the blurby definition um, profile stuff that you send to people if you're speaking on other people's podcasts or if you're talking at events or as you go and talk at um get in front of audiences all of this bio stuff is out there already in various different forms and depending on, on what you do to, to various different degrees but adding in the book to that type of thing adding in the fact that you are an author carries through quite a lot of that uh, there's an additional social boost or credibility boost just yeah. because you're putting those words on the page and those other assets that are out there already LinkedIn, I know you were talking earlier about LinkedIn, mm -hmm. that as a channel. So one of our intentions this year is to up our LinkedIn game because it's really something that we've ignored over the last couple of years. Right. If in no small part, because LinkedIn's a pain in the backside and as soon as you touch it, they kind of email you repeatedly. <laughs> Goodness knows how many They times. are a little crazy. Yeah, you get those random emails. You know? I don't go to my LinkedIn very often, but yeah, very very much so. But I think people are more into it more now than um, than they were, you know, before. Um, it's it's kind of making a comeback. I think that for several years ago, people were really into it and, you know, constantly seeing notifications and stuff but then it kind of just got quiet a little quiet and now i'm seeing more and more people a lot of people that we deal with you know that that i've connected with on there um they're really using you know that platform over over facebook or yeah um, it does seem you know, to eventually the kind of Right. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know whether it's because, and it's difficult not to overlay your own perceptions or biases on what else is that happening out there in the world. But I think for, particularly for certain industries, hugely beneficial. When we look at all of the B2B stuff rather than the B2C stuff, I mean, we were talking with uh, Justin a few weeks ago and he has a huge LinkedIn presence. Um, um, Mike Mack, we used um, on the, on our Facebook page, we put uh, I shot a quick video with Mike Mack's latest book up there. He's got a huge Facebook presence. And a lot of these B2B uh, people who are bigger players in the B2B space are using that as a platform much more so than on the consumer side and much more so than just on a kind of passive social channel side. So I think it's well worth looking at for anyone who does play in that space a little bit more. But also, even if you're not... Um, 
even if you're not a huge player in that space, if you have the opportunity using some of the services like Buffer or Zapier, some of these services that will post to multiple channels in ways that make sense, then being able to write a po- update your profiles across the board so that it refers to the book, but also as you release stuff or if you when you release stuff that does make reference to the book, release it to all of those channels, then using these intermediary services that will post to multiple places at once, again, reduces this friction of having to go to several places. The only thing that I would say on yeah. that is it is probably worthwhile thinking about dominating one of those platforms or having one of those platforms as the primary source and then also distributing to the other ones. So whichever one for your business you think is more beneficial, really put the time and attention into creating and crafting a message that is perfect for that particular space and then just cross post to the other ones rather than trying to, rather than not putting the effort into any of them and just kind of blasting out to all of them in a kind of non-refined way because each of them does kind of treats uh, each of them does treat the message in a slightly different way so it is worthwhile to take that extra step on on one of them at least i think so it's funny i just pulled my linkedin page up just as we were sitting here and um seeing so there's a lot of our clients right in front of me you know like in the last last month there's like four posts for one, one of our, like four or five of our clients right in front of me. So it's really interesting to see, I, I don't pay attention to it. So I'm going to make that one of my intentions to, to, to focus on LinkedIn a little bit more. Um, it's, there's not as much riffraff on LinkedIn. I find as some of the other, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way to put, it. I think it is, it is more, probably more productive information on here versus, you know, the it's Facebook the stuff. And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and I think that's I think a, a no brainer. You know, these sites, if you have, if you have the availability to get them on, you know, all of these sites and you're wanting exposure for your book and or your business, it really is. Um, it's a no brainer. If you have the time, if you don't have the time, if you have someone in your office that can, you know, or you have like a 16 year old kid that you're willing to pay 10 bucks an hour to, <laughs> you know, because that's the ideal person to, to post your social media these days. Um, you know, it, it really is great. You know, there's, it's a great, they're great platforms, you know, um, top yeah. of my list here. Yeah, I'm looking three hours ago, Mike Mack, we were just talking about him. He posted, you know, something on there and, and seeing all these reactions and comments and stuff, you know, um, people engaging in that conversation. So that's um, kind of as like, I think it, that's the, and I think that's the thing we started talking about posting and updating these assets that are out there anyway. So they're kind of passively running in the background things that are already there, but I don't think it's worth picking one platform that you really want mm-hmm. to invest in because that's, yeah comment and engagement and feedback it's it's not as effective if you're not willing to put in that time or not that it's not as effective but it's definitely more effective if you're willing to engage and be there in a very real way so whether that is linkedin or facebook or instagram or reddit or an individual social network that's very industry specific if pick the one that is the most important and put some more effort in behind that but all of the rest of them then just update the profiles so and cross post to them as many as practical so that you can get that that exposure 
that's great. Um, that's great advice. Yeah. One, two last ones I wanted to cover. I kind of forget whenever we jump on the phone how quick time goes. So two I quick doubt. ones before we wrap up. Um, one of them is this fact that it is New Year and there are a lot of resolutions or intentions being made. People across the board, um, engagement in everything tends to spike up in January. You said that we experience ourselves, we get more busier, gyms, diet classes, um, anything that's goals orientated, all of that spikes in the new year. So with that in mind, it's worthwhile thinking about where is that activity going on at the moment in your industry because there is a time cap on that when by the time we get into february that kind of peak in activity just because of people's intentionality has kind of waned a little bit that it that does have a clock running against it so if you're in the fitness space then trying to think about where the conversations are going on about people becoming more fit not just relying on kind of google searches or paid traffic but what conversations are going on in your local area or online in forums that you frequent that you can jump in and contribute to that conversation and if and when the time is right use the book as a as a way of getting people to raise their hand as more interested than than the rest of the population out there in the physical area if there are meetup groups which we've talked about before or um community groups or um, PTA parents child type groups at schools all of these things where groups of people congregate and then at this particular time of year they're having a conversation about your subject what are those groups it's worth taking some time now to think about what are those groups and how you can engage in them and how you can give them free copies of the book how you can speak in front of those groups how you can deliver a a workshop or a tutorial or anything to start that conversation because this is a great time for you just as if you're in retail sales making those efforts going into thanksgiving and christmas making that effort to make sure that you're best positioned to sell the most product at that time being now best positioned to start as many conversations as possible is a great way of setting yourself up for the year ahead. Um, And then the last point that I wanted to touch on was a conversation. I had a strategy call with someone just before Christmas, Chantal Vermeer, who is an illustrator in the Netherlands. Her book is, um, we've got a couple in the office here. So her book is fantastic example of someone who's used images and additional content in a very meaningful way so one of the reasons i wanted to talk about it and it's a it's a little off subject to to where we've been so far but it's perfectly on subject when we think about the the reason for doing something so we've, we've just talked about all of these things that you could do and the fact that you should do it and adding that little bit more attention as to the reason why you're doing it kind of gives it a bit more depth and specificity. So with Chantal's book, it's the same thing about using images. We often talk about the fact that images in the book don't necessarily move the needle. And if there's a lot of overhead or it's a pain to get additional content in there, it's not really going to make it go that much faster well definitely not going to make the process go any faster but it's not going to make it more effective the two exceptions that i can that really spring to mind as good illustrations are this book of chantal's Mm -hmm. 
there's another book that we created where there are checklists involved. And then I guess the third option is, or the third example is this example of where it does make any difference, but you have the assets anyway. So why not? Because it does add to the visual engagement. So quickly touch on those three points. Chantal's book, the whole thing is around illustration and her drawing courses are around using illustration to make the point and to capture where you are at a certain point in light and in life and to set up that intentionality of where you want to get to. So almost like storyboarding or, um, or um, I can feel what the right word is not um, dream boarding. That makes it sound too, um, doesn't make it sound specific enough, but a very graphic and real way of getting these ideas down there. Now, the reason that illustrations in her book are almost an essential, not just a nice to have, is exactly that. The whole purpose of what she's doing is around drawing. So for her, including those elements in there, not only do they then engage the reader even more, and the and the type of person requesting her book who she wants to attend her course or she wants to go to their event and illustrate the, their event for them, they're the exact same person who is really going to resonate with the fact that the drawings are in the book in the first place. So does that make sense? That kind of, it's the purpose of the illustrations or the purpose of the additional content, not the fact that there is additional content that is really the game changer and makes makes a difference. Right, right. No, definitely Definitely a lot sense. of time, and I think a lot of times people think, oh, additional content, I have got some things, I probably should put them in there, so let's put them in there, without necessarily thinking about the, the reason for it and does it actually make a difference. So Chantal's book is a prime example of where it absolutely makes a difference and there's absolute right. intentionality, and it really does amplify and and benefit what's in there. The second example that I gave was the checklist example. So where you've got very specific things that you're trying to guide people towards that revolve around checklists because you want to evidence to someone they're in the right place and they're going down the right path and the way that you can help them is by this particular algorithm or formula or or way of calculating things in those situations adding that into the book so rather than just talking about it actually having the examples in there is another way where it's absolutely adding very specific very useful additional content so you're not just chucking a checklist in there for the sake of chucking it in you're not just um you're not trying to invent something just for the sake of putting it in there it absolutely amplifies and backs up the point that you're trying to get across in the first place now the 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 time where that could fall down is if your process or your checklist or the thing that you're talking about is too complicated. There's too much to it. Mm-hmm. The space that you've got in a book is only so much space. I remember we had an example a while ago of where someone was trying to put their formula, their financial formulas in there. Oh, and yeah. even someone being interested in the subject, it was confusing as heck. And it mm-hmm. really... Um, I'm pretty sure we took it out in the end, but it was just Mm -hmm. too complicated because really the calculations that needed to be done on the numbers were pretty complex calculations. And the expectation in order to get the numbers into the book was that you had a calculator or computer by the side of you where you were typing in all these formulas to get these numbers out. Too much in the context of the book, it doesn't make sense. A 
Yeah, a better example there was directing someone to an online form where they can fill in the numbers and mm-hmm. the numbers and the result is generated for them uh, at that moment. The other benefit to that is, again, it's this idea of the back cover copy, as we've talked about before, having a second step of being able to push people who or direct people who are more engaged, more inclined to do some work with you to another online resource where they can opt in to get additional information the, it separates out the the mildly interested from the very interested people using this example of the more complicated math around these formulas not only was it too complicated for the book but it also then gave the author an opportunity to highlight those very engaged people because they were the ones who were willing to go to a website collect a few bits mm, of yeah. of data enter the numbers and and kind of jump through those hoops in order to get the outcome that they wanted um yeah so that that's the second example yeah again though just as with Chantal, it's really adding stuff where it is specific and it amplifies what you're trying to um what you're talking about in the first place rather than just putting it in for the sake of it the third option oh, that's a hard battle um, to fight sometimes just so like, you know you know from our, because i want everything in there everybody wants everything and so sometimes yeah say, listen is it really valuable? Is it supporting it? Is it, you know, is, is there a better option? Like you said, is it, can we send somebody to, you know, someplace to fill that, that out, that information out? Um, I think it's definitely, it's people have to kind of pull back and sometimes we get a little, a little pushback di- on that. I think. Yeah. It can be difficult as well for people. If you're very close to it, then it's difficult to put yourself in the position of the reader and think about what their level of understanding is now the the kind of flip side to that i guess is if you're writing a book that's specifically for a very educated market so that they're not going to have any problem with doing what you're suggesting doing and the fact that it is difficult and complicated and a pain in the neck doesn't detract from it at all then by all means leave it in but i think it's definitely having an honest conversation and thinking Mm -hmm. who's likely to read this what's the purpose of including it in here how does it move the conversation forward is there a better way of doing it then it's not just doing it for the sake of doing it it's doing it with a particular reason and framework in mind yeah. That then leads on to the third and third last group that I was thinking of as I was talking about a moment ago, which is the using it for the sake of using it because it doesn't it doesn't cause any harm. So this is for the group of people who probably have a large set of assets already that they could include in the book. So checklists that will fit diagrams that make sense and are legible in a book form format um illustrations that are there and already created that just amplify and kind of highlight the message a little bit um all of these things that what we're not saying is just because you've got a load of stuff already don't chuck it in the book for the sake of chucking it in a book what we're saying is you may have a very large suite of assets that you could draw from and from that large suite a subset of them might actually make sense in the book they don't necessarily amplify or emphasize a point it's not worth going to the effort of putting a lot of time and effort into creating it in order for it to get in a fit state to be in the book but if it's already there then why not use it so as 
people will probably know already our process is mainly based around recording and turning that recording into the content in the book we've got a couple of products some of them include image placement and that type of thing for you but for the majority of people you're probably not in a situation where you've got these assets already. That means that in order to include anything, it's going to be time and effort on your part to get it created in a way that's fit for purpose. So unless it's really amplifying the message and and expanding on the point in a meaningful way, like with Chantal, like with the example of the checklist where it really mm-hmm. did emphasize the point, then it's not worth doing because that time would be better spent into doing some of these basics that we talked about earlier to update the website, to update the email super signature, to put an autoresponder sequence in place where people can opt in and then you engage them in conversation. All of those things are far better value than creating additional content in the book just for the sake of having additional content. However, if you do have a whole load of stuff, some of which you can pull from, that might be the third example of when it's worthwhile doing. Oh, that's that's some good stuff there. That has um, definitely got to the end of my croaky voice. Voice. (laughs) I can feel now it's. I can feel now it might be um, done for the week. We're recording just at the end of Friday, so that might be it as far as talking goes. Maybe some hot tea for you when we hang out. (laughs) I started with hot coffee, but um, I'm now on cold coffee, so. Definitely oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good. Okay. Um, I think this was a good, good episode for sure. Um, great way to start the year. Um, and I think people want to deep, dig a little deeper into maybe super signatures. They can go check out that other episode 60. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Yeah. I think that's, that's uh, good advice. If you're, um, wanting more information or if you want us to dive into something that we haven't or missed or skipped on this call then mm-hmm. just shoot us an email as well to you podcast at 90 minute books and we're here waiting we can grab that message and talk about it in the next show um i mentioned yeah. the super signature on this email if you are just listening to this and aren't on any of the mailing list so don't get the emails even if you subscribe just to kind of peek behind the curtains and see what we're doing the easiest way to get on the list is to head over to 90minutebooks.com and, and subscribe download a copy of the 90 minute book and then you'll be on the list that goes out the Next best thing, assuming that everyone listening is on that list already, the next best thing that you can do, short of actually just getting started, is to head over to bookblueprintscore.com and fill out the your own tailored, personalized version of the Book Blueprint Scorecard. So there we go through the eight mindsets of writing a great book to build your business. It's very much worthwhile if you've completed already recently, you're just getting started or you're thinking about getting started head over there, fill out the book blueprint scorecard for yourself, and that'll give some new ways of thinking about things that uh, perhaps might seem basic or you might not have thought about at all. Very good. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Betsy. Thanks to everyone listening. And as always, we will catch you in the next one. All right. Take care.